This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Good afternoon. It's 2 p.m. Saturday, February the 26th, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment, the twice-week podcast about people, politics, and professions. I'm Leon Davis. Is a law. Leon Davis, along with Warren Harper. Uh, Hello. Excellent. So thank you for joining us. Today's topic is halftime highlights. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, our, our takeaway from the halftime show. Um, we had a discussion, in, and actually today's discussion is part of of yesterday's discussion where we talked about um, power partners and, and, you know, how does the, how does the black community grow its part power base so that we can live better in American society. But a couple of things I wanted to, to, to um, make note of before we got started in that discussion. Um, if you are watching the uh, video portion, of this podcast and you'll notice in the scroller down below um, a story from NPR and a story from the Hill. Uh, the story from NPR <clears throat> talks about, um, and I, th I thought it was extremely interesting. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, it talked about how under what, instances or what um, situation the United States could actually wind up um, in a physical war with Russia over the Ukraine incident. Uh, it talks about, so we all know, or some of us may, may not know, but uh, NATO, part of the NATO agreement is any NATO ally that is attacked by a foreign power means that all NATO allies are being attacked by that foreign power. So they then are authorized to send troops to fight. Um, in this article by NPR, uh, though Ukraine is not a NATO ally, there are several countries that border Ukraine that are NATO allies. And the idea is, is that if Russia uses cyber attacks in their assault on Ukraine, that a cyber attack usually is not confined to the entity that you're attacking, that it could wind up impacting uh, NATO allies on neighboring uh, Ukraine. In that case, then the United States would and could get involved in that conflict. I think this is a good article. Uh, it, it'll definitely give you uh, some better understanding of what could possibly happen here. So I encourage you to, to look at that one. And then the article on the Hill uh, talks about how the Pentagon, 
is trying to find ways to send more lethal aid to Ukraine. So while we're not physically there yet, and I say yet, I, I probably should not, but <laughs> while we're not, while they're not there, uh, there's a possibility that, that we're escalating beyond sanctions um, to get involved in this conflict. And I think uh, we would definitely want to, um, to do that, uh, be aware of our, our getting involved in that since we, and I think Warren was the one that pointed out, we just got out of Afghanistan. We just got out of Afghanistan. And after a long, long time after, yes. And, um, um, one of the things that I mentioned was that, you know, all of the tough talk after getting out of Afghanistan, you know, brings us, you know, all the saber rattling and, you know, we're going to get even and all that kind of stuff. It, you know, we're just, um, we just show ourselves as warmongers and not peacemongers. Um, and so I, like anybody will fight when it's, absolutely necessary. I just don't think, uh, always being ready to fight is a good way to, um, implement, uh, international democ or diplomacy. So I do want to mention also that our chat is back. So if you, uh, want to make comments, please feel front free. It, it is up and working. I got all that taken care of. So how you doing today, buddy? Oh man, I'm doing great. I'm just chilling, living the dream, sitting back on the tube, watching the war go on and wondering, okay, what's the next move here? A lot of talk, a lot of talk. Of course, there's a lot going on over in Ukraine, but I mean, outside, you know, over here, Europe, talk, talk, talk. What? I mean, Putin says I'm going to do something. He pretty much does it. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Keep talking? Okay. <laughs> well, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not saying what we should or shouldn't do. I'm just saying, you know, all this talk and uh, he doing this thing. <laughs> okay. I just, I, I listen to the tone of news articles. So I, I, I read more. I don't spend a lot of time on television news. I will catch a few clips every now and then, but um, most of it is because I'm reading. I'm always researching and, and stuff like that. And so I listen to the tone of the news articles, not just what what is contained in them, but if, if they use words that make them seem pro one side of the issue or pro one, another side of the issue or, um, mm -hmm. you know, if they're not being quite objective enough. And so right. most of the articles in the mainstream, um, or I believe are going to support, um, aggression. We seem to support aggression. Um, and I mean, if you, if you believe in aggression as a resolution, you're, you're going to do that. Um, I just don't always think aggression is the first option. Right. Um, 
But then again, you know, I would be probably considered soft on war. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not I mean, soft I, on war. Right now, the point now is, is we're past uh, the aggression has already begun. You know, mm -hmm. this talk. Well, about not for us. Not for us. The aggression hasn't begun. No, not for us. But I mean, if you were going to take on a fight, how many black eyes and bruises do you take before you say, okay, well, I guess I need to fight. So what, and, what black eyes and bruises are we taking from, from, from the Ukraine issue? None. That's what I'm saying. That's their fight over there. So at what point do we feel we need to do something? Because by the time if we did make a decision, it would be like uh, they're already taking the doggone country. Is that what you're waiting on or, or what? What does it take? I guess I'm not understanding that. So so let's say Ukraine uh, falls to the Russians. Mm -hmm. Why would we get involved? Exactly. I'm saying if, if the point was to not let them take it, then it, it we should have gotten involved. And I'm not saying we should have gotten involved, but what are we going to do in the in the end at the end of the day? You know, besides report the news. Okay. All right. I I don't. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, so the uh, I'm gonna pivot away from that. I didn't have a really great segue. Other than to say, okay, enough. <laughs> I don't have any answers. I'm just sitting there watching it on TV and uh, watching the news. I'm not going. I'm 67, so if they do go, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> okay, very good. Uh, so, so yesterday's discussion was about um, uh, what some of the ideas I, I put forth some of the ideas and, and Warren uh, does what he does put forth his, okay. his ideas, but uh, to talk about how we can better protect our communities. How can we support our communities? How can we share in power in the country and not be always be um, the, I don't want to call it victim, but always being the, um, end result of someone else's uh, machinations in our society. Um, and one of the things that, because uh, Warren and I, obviously we've said this on a million times, uh, maybe not a million, but quite often, um, that in the conversations that we have, um, one of the conversations we had was what sh did we expect or what should we have expected out of the halftime show? Okay. At the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Yeah. The halftime show is, it's basically a halftime show. So thought it was, I don't really have any criticisms or great accolades on the show. Um, a lot of people are talking about it, but, it was a show. Okay. <laughs> Your opinion. <laughs> I, I get it. I mean, you know, first off, did you watch the halftime show? I watched. Yeah, I was sitting there playing my game on my tablet as I normally do. 
my wife was watching the football game. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, you know, I watched a lot. Of, I watched a lot of the game, which I normally don't even support football, but you know, and I watched the show. It was a halftime show. It was, uh, the big issue with it, I think with maybe with some people was that it was all majority black and it was hip hop. A lot of people wasn't feeling that. Well, next year it'll be different. Hmm. Okay. And so I watched the, the halftime show and I, I, um, I'm, I don't get into all of the Super Bowl hoopla la. Um, okay. as a football fan, you know, it's one more, it's just one more football game, uh, to me. Um, and plus the Kansas City Chiefs didn't make it. So I, whatever <laughs> the fact, the fact that the Rams were there, he pissed me off more. <laughs> not that I, not that I don't want the Rams to succeed. It's just, um, no, it don't sound like you do. <laughs> no, that, it, it was just a whole lot of mess when they left. First off, yeah. they came with a whole lot of mess. You remember that personal seat license crap? Yeah. PSLs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that was a clusterfuck when it when they had when it happened, and so they right. came under this big cloud of you know the, they ripped off the seat. So they sold personal seat licenses. I'm going to be politically correct here. Well, I guess right. That's not politically correct. I'm going to say things in a way that I, I don't intend them to be offensive, but they came with these personal seat licenses. You you know you bought you bought an opportunity to be in a lottery for a, uh, um, season tickets to the games. So in other words, you, you paid to be considered for season mm -hmm. tickets. So right. they, they, you know, had this, they sucked out a whole bunch of money just coming here. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. they, then they don't stay. They don't, I don't think that they finished their lease on the, on the stadium. They were getting money from the city, city, from the area. And then, and then they duck out. Right. Right. You know, they, they, they leave. And the Can city... I say something about the personal seat licenses though? Please. The sad thing was, is that these people, these rich people. So I, I ain't mad. <laughs> you paid all that money. And then the team sucks so bad. Folks were giving the tickets away, man. I went to several games because people just went to giving away season tickets. I went to some free games because people, hey, nobody was going down there. Well, had a there, well had some, you know, because his company was giving the hey, man. <laughs> but that's but but they, there was the the greatest show on turf. I mean, there was that one uh, Super Bowl victory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, toward the end, they got better. So. And then they left. And then they left. <laughs> and then they and then they did what the NFL does. <laughs> they took their ball and left and left. And so, then suck some more money out of another community. And suck some more money out of another community. Right. I mean, what was that? The world's most expensive football stadium they got down there or something like that? I don't know. I, I hear it was pretty pricey. I don't know. And and they got uh, uh well, that's baseball. I think baseball has this stadium with an aquarium in it or some oh, mess yeah. in the box seat or something. So anyway. Well, people uh, are starting to complain about money in sports now anyway. Starting? Well, okay. 
I, well, I, I mean, it's really getting ridiculous, you know, baseball strike now, a potential strike holdout. You know, folks are just saying, hey, you know what? <laughs> this is just crazy, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. I, 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 I'm going to uh, leave my comments on that one for another show. Right. So, so part of, um, and I, and I meant to do this, but I wasn't able to, to go back. And the reason Jay-Z got involved with the NFL was to raise the profile of blacks in sports to give us some additional power base. Mm -hmm. And so looking at that halftime show and, and I, it was an enjoyable halftime show. I liked the songs, you know, I listened to those artists and, and many of those songs I have in my playlist, mm -hmm. but, but what did that have to do with, um, the black community with the NFL specifically. Yeah. If you want to, if, if you just want to limit it to the NFL, what, what did that do? How did that help? Not a dang on thing, man. It, it's like, okay, we thinking that we're going to negotiate some real representation within the organization, like team ownership management jobs, head coaching jobs, which is the issue right now that this, with this lawsuit, mm -hmm. you know, this discrimination lawsuit, none of that got addressed at all. None we of did a halftime show. This is not the first time blacks participated in the halftime show. If you go through decades, we've had plenty of concerts with black artists. Mm -hmm. So, you know, okay. So you make it mostly black. Okay, now what? Now what? Right. Now, what? now where do we go? Now now what happens? What change happens? Snoop Dogg's coming to town. He got another concert tour going now, so I guess that helped him out. And I ain't mad at the brother. But, well, you know. Okay, so one of the discussions that you and I had was um, that the black community has always, has traditionally been shut out of the traditional power base, politics, banking, business, um, civic control. And so, um, but, but, but one of the things that, one of the places where um, black, uh, African Americans have been more successful is in, in, in entertainment. So, um, so the majority of the players in the NFL, black, uh, majority of the players in the NBA were black. You know, it was just, it was entertainment. We were given access and representation in entertainment. And yeah. it's, it's easy to, uh, to believe that that representation or that access or that growth translated into some form of power. Even though we didn't own, we don't own any production companies. We don't own any, I, don't, I can't, I don't know for sure, but I don't think we own any 
talent agencies that do negotiating for contracts and and things like that. Uh, although the players, the Players Association has been headed by by uh, black actors, black um, um, black athletes. Well, I don't want to just classify them as athletes because I think that they, you know, you can have more than you can do more than one thing. So yeah, okay. you're not just an athlete. You can be a, a business person. You can be a representative. So the, the, uh, NF, the NFL, the players league has been represented by, um, black entities. Yeah. Um, but in the end, they also have to go back to a white dominated power structure to get anything done. Right. They're still on the wrong side, the other side without the real power. Exactly. No equal representation. Exactly. So I was reading an article today and you'll find the link in the uh, show notes. If you, you go to one of the sites to download the, the podcast or watch the podcast or YouTube, Twitch, uh, and any of the audio podcast sites, many of the audio podcast sites, um, which I, I found interesting. Um, there were some sites that were carrying the podcast that I didn't even know and I didn't even sign up for, but for some reason they're accessing the feed, which to me is great and is wonderful. And I appreciate that. And it would be great to know if you are listening to the podcast that you just kind of send us a note, go to the website and just let us know that you at least have heard a couple of episodes of the podcast and what you think of it, uh, because your, um, input always helps us to, to know that we're doing something useful, uh, for you. But, um, so I was reading the article and the article talked about, uh, that black coaches were fired after a winning season. I think I heard that. Yeah. That they would have a winning season and get fired. Tony Dungy was one of the, one of the uh, coaches that they mentioned. He had a winning season and was fired at the end of the year. Thank you, Fred. I knew you would be, (laughs) or at least I hoped you would be. (laughs) So Fred says he's listening. I appreciate that, Fred. Great. You know, you, Tony, is he still on the air uh, with the NFL, Tony Dungy? I, I do not I've know. I've seen him pop up. I do not know. But he's pretty quiet. He's not saying a whole lot. So that means that uh, he's getting paid somewhere. <laughs> well, okay. They give you a job. You're not going to say too much. Well, okay. You know, I take that back. I take that back. There are some guys that do speak up, you know, like Shannon and some of those other guys. But um, it's you have to walk a line, you know. You have to walk the line sometimes. Well, yeah. I mean, um, so we understand what power is. We understand that they're gonna they're gonna fuck with your money um, if they can't get you to toe the line. So right. So if 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 they can um, pull your financing if they can block your access, they will to get what they want, which is one of the things I talked about 
uh, yesterday was um, we need a, a YouTube that is not controlled by uh, someone that's willing to silence voices of, of, of dissent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I understand. Dissent is a good thing. Hmm? Dissent is a good thing because it sparks conversation and, and we have to sit down and talk about the realities on both sides. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I'll point to this Joe Rogan thing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a controversy going on, but you know, guess what? Um, in this uh, social media age, with the podcasts and people being able to express themselves, uh, that's a lot of opportunities for all cultures, all races. You know, mm-hmm. we have media here. There's a lot of. Uh, People like us out here on social media, putting their voices out. Mm-hmm. All we have to do is just grow the numbers and start supporting one another. Opportunity. And that would be interesting. So so how would you see us supporting one another? Listening, get joined in the conversation, building platforms that, that people would like to uh, be involved with. We just have to find that niche. I, I I think that's a that's you know getting getting involved. Um, so one of the things that I have uh, encountered close to home mm-hmm. is you know I've had family members say to me, "Well, I'm not politically minded," mm-hmm. and I and I I get that and I understand that, and so sometimes. If you if you don't follow politics on a regular basis, you may feel uncomfortable tuning into a show that's about politics or has a political lean and then making a comment because you don't want to be seen as unintelligent or, you know, make the wrong comment. Right. Right. And. And the the, the thing that I'm going to say is get out there and try make a comment there make a comment and don't be afraid to show that you are trying so sometimes you know if you you know one of the things that i do about the show is i usually try to um make the show title about a topic and then maybe I don't make I maybe I don't make the title clear enough to know exactly what we're going to talk about. But if you ever catch you know our advertisement and and you don't really know what the the topic is going to be about or if you're not sure, reach out to me. Go to the website, reach out to me. Uh I haven't started a um mailing list yet. I am one of those people who hate, absolutely hate to detest mailing lists because I wind up getting a bunch of stuff that I just going to wind up deleting. Right. Right. And you know, I, my, my inbox, I have to clear out so much junk. It's just insane. I've had to start two different mail accounts just so I can get the, the mail that I want without getting all that junk. I don't want, um, but reach out to me. 
I'll be more than happy to, to give you an idea of what the topic is going to be. Then that gives you a chance to read a couple of articles. Not You don't have to be a Zen master on it. Just read a couple of articles and bring your questions. And then we'll have the discussion. Because once we have the discussion, you'll find that you know more than you think you know. But it takes, you know, stepping up and doing something about it and, and just starting to participate. And, and, you know, don't be afraid to join in. I, I encourage you. Um, I agree, Fred, that Fred, so Fred says there's a lot of things that we're not privy to, a lot of information. And that's, that's always the case. We know that information is power. And if you don't have the information, you don't really have the power because you don't, you can't, you can't join in the conversation. You can't um, stop someone from doing something that they want to do. If you don't have the information, you can't help someone to do what they, they want to do if you don't have the information. So information is power. Um, and that's why uh, I was hoping that with this show that we can, you know, examine some things. We can share some knowledge because Warren has different information than I do. Leonard has di different information than I do. They read different things. I can't read every article of every source. Um, you'd be surprised at, you know, the information that flies between the three of us. And, you know, Warren's always running across this stuff. And I'm like, great stuff, great stuff. And then we go out and I look it up. And, you know, that a lot of times that that's how we come up with the new show is that, wow, that's an interesting topic. What can I find on it? And can we make a show out of it? Right, right. There's a lot of stuff out there, like you said. And then you were talking about the news. I think one of the issues with the news, which we were talking about before we came on, is how do you trust the sources? Because there's stuff out there that you may may or may not trust. You know, is it slanted? Is it biased? Or is it fact? You know, and so you have to do more investigation to get to the bottom of some of these stories to see if it's just overhyped or they're only given part of the story. So I think a lot of times we run into articles like that. So I'll share something with you and you'll read it and you'll say, oh, well, you know, this is so-and-so, you'll find something that I missed. And so I'll have to go back and I'll look at it and I'm like, okay, okay, I see the rest of the story, you know. So we kind of we kind of check each other, balance it out sometimes, you know. Sure. I mean, uh, so, so I'm going to go a little bit further into that conversation that we had before we came on today cause, mm -hmm. because I think it's it can be helpful. About the news? Yeah, about the news. So okay. so one of the questions that you asked me was, uh, or what, that you talked about, is that how do we trust the news when Fox has one take of a story and then we go to another site, CNN or MSNBC, and they have a totally different view or report totally different um, mm -hmm. outcomes of that same event. Same event. And so... And so then does that, does doing that uh, make one wrong and one right? And 
So my thought is two people can look at something and see something totally different. It's because they're looking for something different. Whereas one person may be looking at why it happened. Another person may be looking at where it happened. And that, and that when they make that reporting and when they share that information, they're sharing their own, I don't want to call them biases, but they're sharing their own experiences with that information. When you're sharing your own experiences with that information, it's not going to match with someone else's. And so I think you have to take them as a conglomerate and then try to find the overlapping facts. And that'll give you some indication of what the truth may be. Now, with that being said, truth, with that, what being, is, huh? What is the truth? That's what, you that's what we're trying to get at. That's what yeah, we're but, trying to get at. What is the truth? Now, the, as, I, as uh, I said to Warren, and he agreed, I'm going to put you out there like that. Okay. <laughs> that, that the news sources have lost some trust Absolutely. over the last few years. Now, so I'm going to bring my biases or my motivations into the discussion and say one news source seems to be more opinion based and more, and this is Warren's word, ideologically based than the others. They seem to have a, an ideological bent that they're trying to achieve. And then they shape their information around that ideological bent. And when I see that, it makes me question the veracity of the information that they provide me. Now, does everyone have an ideological bone to pick with through when they are parsing information? I, I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I can fully say that. No, I didn't. I didn't say that either. If that's right. what you're. No, no, I'm not implying that. No, no, okay. not at all. I was just talking about myself. Okay. I was talking about myself. So for, for me, you know, is it, do we all have an ideological bit? Do, or do we have an ideal, do we look at everything from ide our ideological vantage point and then shape our information based on that? So in other words, if I find something that does not fit what I believe is true, am I willing to share that and show that my information is wrong or could be wrong? Or am I going to reshape that information so that it supports my ideology. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. I was listening to a guy on the radio earlier today and he was talking about how people respond to information. And this was he was relating this this conversation was based on nuke 
nuclear science, believe it or not. And he had two two uh, sides to it. One of it was Newtonic, which I th think was relating to Isaac Newton. And the other one was, I forget what it is, a whole different category. But anyway, when we hear things like say a political leader is chanting out and, and spewing out words and stuff, and it's impenetrating our brains. There are certain parts of the brain that respond to it, limbotic or something. And it's it's affecting your brain in a in a very ancient form. In other words, if you were a Cro-Magnon man or something before, your response is going to be totally different than it would on the other side of the science. In other words, you'd be responding in a totally unnecessarily or out of character way, you know, like you would want to go out and kill somebody or whatever. And, and that it would be so far from reality or what you really needed to do, but just the way the brain responds to stuff. And I think that's what's happening now. I think people are being manipulated when they hear certain things, whether it's the news or political leader or somebody, and their responses are just so off base, you know, that mm -hmm. would make you want to go out and kill somebody. Okay. You know, oh, they fixed the election, you know, and, and it might not even be true, but you're ready to kill, you know, right. just on words. Right, right. You know? So, So I think it's hard to be completely objective. Probably. I think yeah. that our experiences, we're going to filter information through our experiences. Hmm. So my experience with police is going to be different than someone else's experience with police. No doubt. So, so a lot of white people haven't had the same experience or even a similar experience as I have had with police. And so their response that like you're talking about is going to be different. Mm. Okay. Um, so, so that that they are going to see things differently. And the, so when I share my experience, they're going to filter it through what their experiences is. And then they may or may not take into consideration any credibility I may have. So if, if, if I have been shown to be dishonest before, or even uh -huh. if they perceive me as dishonest, not right. that they had any experiences with me, maybe they've never listened to the podcast and maybe they just look at me. Uh -huh. If they, if they have a perception in their mind previously, they're going to use that to filter the information. Okay. So, so not only is my credibility, important in the sharing of information, but also the experiences of the listener 
are going to be important. So in your instance where you were talking about, um, you know, people wanting to, they've heard that the election was fixed and, and they wanted to go kill. What would a person have to go through to think that killing is the solution to an election? Because as, so my thought when, when someone said the election was rigged, my first thought is that doesn't sound logical because in order to rig an election, there are so many people that would have to be involved in that. Right. That the possibility that all of those people kept quiet about it and not shared it with a friend or not told someone or not ran and uh, tried to make a lot of money off of it because you, you know, their story is going to be worth some money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So in order for, for a person to believe that the election was rigged, they either have to ignore tons of information or not even think that that information was available. Like, you know, the number of people that would, a national election for the president of the United States, there would have to be enough states involved in rigging votes to pull that off. Not just municipalities, not just Johnson County or or, or St. Louis County, not just St. Louis County or just St. Louis City. Because you got to think how many cities are in a county. Mm-hmm. So to pull off a, 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 a rigging of that size, there'd have to be tons of people involved. Well, yeah, yeah. But um, I think what's going on now is an example of how things like that could happen when you look at politically uh, how the party of the right is coming together in many, many states, duplicating uh, legislation to do things like ban abortion, ban books, make it difficult to vote. I mean, this stuff is orchestrated from the top. So technically, yeah, things can be done on that level, but you can't really hide it. This is done out in the open. I mean, you see what legislation is coming out in the courts. You see all of this is public information what's being done now. So the fact that none of that was seen makes it pretty clear. And then even in the court cases, when they challenged it, none of the, none of the cases were won when they come up trying to prove voter fraud. But on the other hand, we see all this stuff being done from people in high places. I think, uh, the president was making calls to governors. (laughs) 
you had a whole lot of stuff going on. You got a lot of documents being shredded. You have uh, you have pretty much evidence of things that were uh, trying to be done with the election, mm-hmm. but it's on the other side. Well, so so I I tend to think that that the end of that that top down. I, I'm I think differently than so you see it as top down. I see it as bottom up. I think there are individuals in local churches and local school boards that want to ban books, that want to uh, end abortion, that want to control a woman's functions or her own body. And, and they push up, they hold hostage their vote or their money so that candidates have to listen to them. And I think the candidates then parrot that. Right, right. But that's where, that's where the actual um, power is as far as unity in the party goes, because nobody's willing to challenge the authority and and that's the real problem it's yeah it's it's bottom up but how did it get this way all of a sudden what flipped the switch i don't think it was all of a sudden and that's and that's so if you look at the history of the united states you know how did how did some of the most egregious atrocities happen yeah and it it was it was because it, it was of, of benefit yeah. to someone. So, so the things that are happening are happening to the benefit of someone. And it's not important who the detriment is. Mm-hmm. So, so there's no discussion about with women about what women want for their bodies. It's the belief that women should be seen and not heard that someone would be willing to proffer legislation that, that doesn't even consider the woman's desires. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they, the woman's, the women's desires that are being considered represent the, uh, political party that's push that's pushing forth that legislations and they're ignoring the women that oppose it. They're just ignoring them. Right. And, and part of what we talked about, um, I think it was the past show recently, the last two shows, um, we, we, it would be great if we had a better system to gauge better tools to gauge public opinion because, because we don't know exactly how many women support banning abortions. We don't know how many women uh, support freedom of choice. What we're relying on is those news services that you and I talked about 
that we believe have lost some level of credibility. Well, okay, so if you say we, are you speaking of people in general? Are you speaking of legislatures uh, that are um, signing on to uh, or putting forth these bills? Both. Okay. If the bottom line is when the legislation is put forth and it passes, where are the voices of the opposition? Are they not voting? How is that happening? Are the numbers not represented that oppose it? I'm, I'm not sure how to answer that question. So, so your, your, your question is, there are people who oppose this, but you're not hearing them. Is that, is that what you're saying? Right. Well, if, if legislation is put forth and then there's a vote, right? Mm -hmm. So who, who's doing the voting? Okay. So, so state, state and federal legislatures pass laws. Mm-hmm. And so, so those are the people that are passing those laws that you're talking about, correct? Yeah. Okay. And so your concern is who's voting for those people to be in office? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, who, who are those people in office listening to? Right. And so, and so one people or are they, are they hearing only what they want to hear? Well, okay. So. So we talked about it before and I, and I was saying a candidate can run on, I want to close a factory in my district and I want to open a soup kitchen. Mm -hmm. So people vote for wanting to open the soup kitchen, but may not necessarily be wanting to, to close the factory in their, in their neighbor, in their, district because the factory, you know, provides jobs, whatever the reason there's a benefit. The candidate gets in office. The candidate then says, I'm going to close this factory because that's what I ran on. So that's what people voted for. Mm -hmm. But in reality, we, we don't know that they voted to have the factory closed just because you said you wanted to close it as a candidate doesn't mean that that's what they voted for. And so uh, times people get into office and say, I'm a Republican, you voted for me as a Republican, so I'm gonna stand on all of the Republican issues. Mm -hmm. And and that may, that may not be what the people voted them for. There may be a couple of other issues that that candidate voiced that they want implemented, but the candidate gets in and says, you know, that's what you, that's what you were telling me to do when you voted for me. And that may not always be the case. I'm in some cases, it's definitely gotta be, but not in well, all cases. Right now, looking at what parties stand for, I think it's kind of, I, I think it's hard to, uh, have the wrong idea on the major issues. Um, 
because they're they're pretty vocal on certain things like um abortion uh legislation um voting suppressing votes and things like that so i think right now if folks aren't aware of what a certain party is standing for or they're confused then they need to wake up and and study a little bit more because you've only got basically two choices and on the major issues if you're going to look at the major issues you you pretty much have to figure out where those candidates stand and i don't think there is much confusion on the major issues that's just my opinion i and 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 i i, I think that um sometimes when people vote they they vote for a candidate that so in many instances in many races people say they have uh they have two bad choices and they have to vote for the least bad choice. Right. If they're voting for the least bad choice, then they're not voting for anything. Mm -hmm. So, so they're not voting for those primary issues that you're saying that the candidate stands for. So, so the candidate doesn't really have a mandate what they did was they got into office because the other person seemed to be a, a worse option. But that doesn't mean that they supported what you stood for. Okay. So I get what you're saying. You're saying there are worse options than some of those options that a lot of people think are so critical and are out there marching in the street and protesting against. There are other options that are worse. Right. Well, there are other candidates that are worse. So, okay. so in Missouri, we have a for governor for an, on the Republican side. You and I, we talked about this. There's Eric Schmidt, who, and I'm not listing all of the candidates. But I'm listing the top crazy, uh, top three that that I was read about. Eric Schmidt, um, who's trying to sue China for the the coronavirus. There's Greitens, who was accused of uh, some crimes against uh, his female companion. Mm -hmm. And there's McCloskey, who was standing outside his home threatening to shoot people. Now, if those are the only three or the, the only three candidates you have a choice for, are you voting for someone or are you voting against someone? Good point. Good point. So that being said, you have to look at the other side of the fence. If one side sucks so bad, hypothetically, what is it that's so offensive about crossing over to the other side? Well, you you have so, to ask so someone. You have to vote one party or the other. You can always vote for the other party. I understand. So, but the, understanding the mind of a voter, uh, there's not going to be one one answer. 
So there are some people that would not vote the opposite party, and it could be um, uh, Gandhi or someone of that higher quality caliber candidate, and they're still not going to vote. There were people who um, liked Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. loved Bernie Sanders, that would not vote for any other Democratic candidate. Okay. And Bernie Sanders was a Democrat. Right. Independent, but ran on a, as a Democrat. Right. Okay. So, but when it came to Hillary or, or um, Bust, they went bust. I am not voting for Hillary. Okay. So your your question was, what would cause somebody to, to cross over? There are people that just won't cross over regardless of how good or how wonderful the candidate of the other party is. They party affiliation to them is more important. There are people who vote Republican or Democrat, doesn't matter, because they voted Republican or Democrat for the last 30 years. That's a source of pride for them. Hmm. Okay. So, so the candidate then becomes second. They may vote for the candidate simply because they fit a party structure and and they can say for the rest of their lives, I never voted against my party. That doesn't give you a mandate. Fair enough. It does in the eyes of, of politicians because then they can go and do what they want to do because they're not confronted with the actual numbers of people that want them to do certain things in their job. So the only question then is how did the political system get to this point where things were just that far separated, extreme? Well, I mean, we could, (laughs) we may or may not have enough information to, to come up, to flush out um, some very good options of why, how it got that way. Um, and that's a, I think that's a, a discussion worth having because knowing how it got there is the way you prevent it from happening again that way. Yeah. 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 This brings something to mind when uh, people were still talking about the George Floyd murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a video, I think. Somebody made a comment about it. And then this female said, but he was a criminal. In other words, he d- basically deserved to die like that because he was a criminal. You know, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. saying what he did, uh, what he did, when or where. You know, mm-hmm. just he was a criminal, and it was okay. Okay. I thought that was pretty, you know, sad to say that that act was justified by that little statement. He was a criminal because I'm pretty sure that person probably got some criminals in their family. <laughs> and if it was them like that, would they think the same way? Oh, well, he was a criminal. It's okay. 
you know mm-hmm. how do you think about that i i would like to i would rather do that in a, another show i think we've gotten we we've gotten so far away from the original topic and i i was willing to you know yeah well, entertain some of it because it's 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 stuff that needs to be covered i just i think that um if we tell people in our advertisement that this is the topic that we're going to cover that it be, it's important upon us to uh, cover that topic as best we can. Um, sometimes right. we're going to, sometimes we're going to veer off and I think that that's acceptable. Um, but I think, you know, that, that we've gone way away from where we were. Um, uh, but we did have the discussion yesterday and today's topic was pretty closely related. So I was, you know, uh, amenable yeah. to you know, veering off into other things, but, uh, because it is time for us to end things and I like to keep uh, our information in bite-sized chunks and that we don't try to give too much information at, at one time. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to call a halt to the show and we're going to move on to next week's. Okay. If, uh, but I'm, I'm going to put it out there with the, thank you Fred for joining us. Trust me, you, you have no idea how, um, enjoyable it is to have you here. Uh, there are others watching. I thank you very much for taking the time, um, with us. It's important that, that uh, we know that you're out there. Um, and we enjoy it. We enjoy you being there. Hopefully you will be able to uh, add to the discussion and help us to shape, um, the, the the discussion and and learn we can learn from you and hopefully we we provide an information learn that um thank you fred uh fred says thank you so oh okay. yeah so alrighty. uh in conclusion on the show my final point is it was basically a dis- that the show was a distraction from the whole main idea and that's where i'll leave it Understood. And he, you're talking about the halftime show the being half-time. a distraction from, and, and what I'll say is, um, based on, based on the power structure that it is, we entertainment is the, the major tool that we have to use right now to get information across and to flex our, whatever muscle that we do have. Uh, but I do encourage people to, uh, get involved in politics, get involved in business um, because we need those additional avenues of getting things done. And it requires your help and my help. And so we as individuals have to set the agenda and not just look to a quote unquote national leader. One of the, one of the, mm. so I'll put this out there. One of the things that, um, one of the problems with the the civil rights movement was it was always one person that they could point to. And so when that person was taken out of the picture, then the movement struggled. One of the things that hurt them with Black Lives Matter was Black Lives Matter didn't have a single head. So if you chopped off one head, there was another. Mm -hmm. 
And that's where we have to, uh, if we want to share power, we really need to grow multiple heads. And entertainment can't be our only source of getting our voice up. So I, huh? For sure, for sure. I think, uh, piggyback on that, we have multiple organizations, but they didn't all have the same agenda and they weren't working in unison. That is correct. There was a division. There was that division. All righty. We'll be back next Friday. So make sure you join us. Thank you for joining us today. All right. See you next time. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.